0: This is Sea Stories, lives touched by the sea.
1: We're here outside the design centre in Bray, which was the old courthouse, and inside they're building an, a boat from 1897 called the Droline. It's a local group of maritime enthusiasts. They've come together to resurrect a fleet of these boats, which used to sail off Bray, and they want the same thing to happen again. They're going to build five of them, and now we're going to go inside and find out how far they've gotten building the first one.
2: That book there is... Uh
1: 1906. 1906. Henry Colvin Falkhard. Sailing boats from around the world. Yeah. And then there's a page. And then,
2: yes. Oh, wow, and there there's... you go.
1: There she is, yeah. The Jolene One Design Class. One Design Dinghy Class Boats, race Sailing Club, adopted the year 1897. Irish for Jolene is a Wren. There you go. It's all there, isn't it?
0: This is Sea Stories. Lives touched by the sea a radio documentary series for East Coast FM.
1: Hello and welcome to Sea Stories, the series about lives touched by the sea. In this programme, we're in Bray meeting Frank de Groot, whose family moved to Bray when he was just 10 years old. Frank spent his summers on the beach and was impressed by the boats and boatmen of Bray seafront. So much so that when he retired, he came up with the idea to build five replicas of a boat particular to Bray called the Droline. This 12 foot wide flat bottom boat disappeared around the turn of the last century. It could be sailed by one person and incorporated a retractable keel, which enabled it to run right up onto the beach. The Droline's design and origins can be traced right back to the early days of Bray sailing club. Its, its design is somewhat like a Massachusetts cat boat or a, a wag in the famous water wags.
0: You're listening to Sea Stories, Lives Touched by the Sea.
2: It was designed originally, you see, by Ogilby, who was from Bray Sailing Club at the time, W. Ogilby in 1895. Right. And when that was found, then the research went into it. So we then decided that we would have it redrafted by O'Brien Kennedy, who happened to be a son of one of the sailors of the seven original ones that were in Bray.
1: Which is a nice connection, ties yes. to
2: start together, yeah? That's right. So what he nicely said is designed by Ogilvy in that and redrafted by himself in
1: 1996.
2: 19- and this was actually the original design and this is his redrafted Redraft, design yeah. that he gives. It. And uh, we will shortly have an as-built drawn by one of our teams. Just in case it's slightly different, because we want them to be one design. Oh,
1: I understand. So the as-built will be the template for the rest of the 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 fleet?
2: Yes. Yeah, excellent. Okay. So that everything will weigh the same, shape the same, (laughs) work the same. This beautiful is our team here, Rachel and Peter, uh, who are the present workers today
1: you're a long way down the road aren't you I mean, there's a lot done already oh, yeah, how much more do you reckon
2: oh well, there's a lot of bits and pieces left yet it's
1: all the fiddly bits is it all yeah. the fiddly
2: bits the rudder and the centerboard and uh, the spars the boom
1: and there's a the mast Oar stepped up in the bow the it's, like it's right up yeah. in the
2: bow it's what they yeah. call a cat rig cat like uh,
1: the Boston uh, that's right yeah. yes
2: and uh, Cape Cod. it's a non-stayed mast especially okay. for bray, yeah. so that when you come in on the beach you, you can just drop, drop your mast yeah. and go in Mm-hmm. Equally the center board fits down through the slot which they are making a pasting yeah. for and it holds up the twarts
1: and one or other hold one another up. And so what's the overall length and we're looking at what? Twelve feet. Twelve feet, right? But the beam is very wide in proportion to length, yes. yeah. It
2: is the widest twelve foot virtually boat that was ever the is the normal water wag and is about yeah. five feet five foot three water wag is the DeLure equivalent yeah, of yeah but yeah, right. well, it, it came out before this yes. as a double-ended one they
1: made rings end or something i think Where is well, these ones made were made in rings end as well, th- well right okay. but
2: some of them are made in by Derek payne and Grey, stones yes. of the yeah. water wags so anybody can sail it and i intend to have it available to everybody
0: He saw it in the brave People, the advertisement, looking for volunteers and everything. We came down the first night to the presentation and we've just been hooked ever since.
2: I actually, when I saw it, um, I've always wondered how this impossible-looking three-dimensional carpentry was done. Since I was a child, I never found out how it was done. So I thought, well, this is the chance
1: now. <laughs> and you've never, this is the first carpentry you've done, isn't it? No, you? it's the first boat. First boat, OK. I've done a little bit of carpentry. I'm not a professional carpenter, but I've done a little bit. So I'm looking at very nicely cut raw timber at the moment, right? Where did did you get your timber? From uh, the Kilrudry.
2: (laughs) So it can't be more local than that, right? Everything about this boat has been designed specifically that we would keep it local, because we hope to see five of them racing down off Bray. You need to have
1: a class, don't you, to make it work, five of them. That's
2: right, yeah, and we need to make sure they do, because, I mean, plenty of uh, classic boats have been rebuilt, but not used. We intend to see that these are used.
1: You're listening to Sea Stories, Lies touched by the sea. I'm John Murphy, and I'm talking to Frank De Groot, who's leading a team of volunteers in Bray to build a fleet of five drolines. last seen in Bray around the turn of the last century. Local historian Brian White is a font of knowledge on the Bray maritime history and explains more about the harbour area and the annual regatta. But first, he outlines the particular suitability of the droline to Bray.
3: They were a a uh, Lowe-style boat, uh, sailing craft. They were built in 1897, and the sailing club was established in 1896. So there was these people in Bray, because of the... uh, maritime conditions in Bray of open water they needed a more stable boat and these flat bottom boats was more stable in relation to the uh, waters that we got around Bray and the tidal conditions so the boats themselves were built 1897 and lasted up until 1907 when they were washed away in a storm in Bray in October 1907 the scout den in in the Bray harbour is number 4 and 5 dock terrace and the Harbour Bar, of course, which dates from uh, 1819. There was a total of 20 houses, and in uh, 1901, there was 111 people living in the 20 houses in Dock Terrace. Every August, they held a regatta, and that regatta then was races for various generations, from the male and female swimmers would go from the harbour wall to the cove a distance of a mile, and that was the major premier race. Some of the races and the boat races in Bray was either sponsored by the newspapers of the day or by the railway company. And they
2: gave prizes. Oh, right, by OK. Lysier, which was a prize given in 1897 by the Dublin, Wicklow and Wexford Railway right. Company. Presentation prize won by SCUD2 in the Droline class, uh, the Drolene's oh, what we're yeah. building, by A.L. Dorn, who was a chemist down at Queensborough Road. And... Uh, That is one of them sailing. That is your man's boat. That's Kennedy's boat, as far as you can see. That's a couple of them being launched. And that was the stand that was found ten years ago. Oh, right, which told us that this ever existed.
0: This is Sea Stories, lives touched by the sea, a radio documentary series for East Coast FM.
1: So what got you interested in boats from the beginning? What was the first thing? Uh, uh, idleness and nothing else to do.
2: But the, the, the wonderful thing good? about it was you were just working with boats and my first canoe was made of scrap that uh, Murdochs and Bray were kind enough to give me, presumably to get rid of me. uh, And the local coffin maker who made coffins in one of the garages uh, was good enough to uh, uh, help me in uh, cutting and providing tools. And, uh, you know, I would say, Mr. Would You Please? (laughs) And Mr. Would Please. And it was amazing the way that was always available in those days. I remember going back up to Murdoch's, then I wanted galvanised nails. And uh, I had calculated with uh, my jotter and all this that I wanted, with, say, 3,500 nails or whatever it was. And I went into Murdoch's and told Mr. Maguire there, I want uh, 3,000. And he, of course, he looked at me, we sell them by the pound, you know, <laughs> and it was so much a pound. And of course, I couldn't afford a pound, so I yeah, bought a half a pound. But the fellow behind me, who was a very nice gentleman, obviously, told your man to weigh out a pound and paid the difference. And that sort of thing was very nice.
1: Were there many boats available? Oh, well, have... there were, yes.
2: And there were people that hired them uh, out and uh, you could hire a boat out for a half a day or that. And uh, a lot of uh, love stories would have happened with people coming out on the dart, or the, which was the train. The train form, yeah. uh, uh, and uh, they come out and they would just bring their... Uh, whichever your husband or wife, their partner, I think you now call it, <laughs> out for a row in the sea. And like that was the usual thing. There again, no life jackets or anything. But the fishermen that rented out the boats to them were very good. They wouldn't let them out of the site. And they, if one boat going out sailing is madness, one canoe going out sailing is madness, you've got to have a few of them because if something goes wrong, the other can tow it in. It's like there's security in numbers, in my day, when we went uh, in a car, you always went to somebody else to tow you home because yours never would get home, or, back, or, or his wouldn't. <laughs> Is
1: this the same timber that you'd have uh, in the original boat? Do you know? Did you know what timber they used? Is would we the same timber
2: that the, that the Possibly would have been used. used, And like the the water wags, as you say, were a prime example. But like when the water wags came out, they built it like this up behind, and then they built it of spruce, and then they built it of cedar, because they all wanted to get faster than the other ones. So they get lighter and lighter. lighter.
1: Cedar would be very expensive. But there's no cedar around here you can get.
2: Well, it's amazing. There is cedar that that we can get, and we could get it. We're holding, uh, we're going to have a committee meeting about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, the, each boat must be the same otherwise yeah, yeah, not uh, a one no racing,
1: yeah. yeah. Well I have a in my hall I have a cat boat uh, picture, painting yeah. of a cat boat and they're, they're getting over um, a, a ground swell. you know, a big wave coming yes, in at the beach yeah. and it's just beautiful A bit of cedar I guess light isn't it That's <laughs> no <laughs> So what's the overall length, and we're looking at what? Twelve, feet. Twelve <coughs> feet, right? But the beam is very wide in proportion to the It is the widest
2: twelve-foot, virtually boat that was ever. Mm-hmm. The is the normal water wag. is about yeah. five feet, five yeah. foot three. The, the, the,
1: the, the nearly equivalent Dunleary. of yeah.
2: right. it, it came out before this. Yes. as a double-ended one. They made in
1: Ring's End or something, I think, Where is but that? these were made, were made in Ring's End as well. Oh, right, okay. But
2: some of them were made in, by Derek Payne in grey stones of the water wags. Okay, right, okay, yeah, excellent. But they, yeah, it, the, the water wag was specifically for the sheltered waters of Dun-Leary. Are, um, Dunleary. yeah. And these were for the wags that wanted to <laughs> that <laughs> sail in Bray, yeah. Bray, okay. Calanian grey
1: From the point of view of of teaching people to sail here, have you got uh, people who can instruct?
2: Well, yes, and uh, we uh, don't have. That is all the ISA, the Irish Sailing Association. uh, uh, They, they, yes, and they would teach uh, people to sail. And that, uh, like the ISA, have uh, two instructors. uh, We had out just in a similar boat to this, much narrower one, just showing them what it was like, and they were amazed. Because although they were fully qualified instructors, they had never been in a timber boat. They'd only been in fiberglass boats. And when you go sailing in a timber boat, it is amazing. The, the noise of the water against the timber is like a drum. It's a musical. It's a whole different experience.
1: It's a totally different feel to a timber boat. It's there? a, a living thing, this boat. Yeah.
2: It's an entirely different thing.
1: I learned to sail on a timber boat and uh, I remember it being heavy and solid and seaworthy and wet. Are okay, you putting people off? No, no was I, didn't know I, don't mind. I was. That was Frank De Groot. Sadly, a couple of months after we recorded this programme, Frank passed away in April 2014. However, Frank did get to sail one of his beloved droolines, which was launched in Bray in February of that year. You can see Frank sailing the droline on our website, seestories.ie, where we've linked to an article on the many wooden boat projects happening around the country, including the drolines. You'll also find us on Facebook, iTunes and Twitter. Bray Lakers are currently making another droline as a project, as are the Bray Sea Scouts at their harbour den. Over 40 talented volunteers from around Bray contributed time and skills in the making of the Droline. It really was a community effort that saw the splendid wooden boat once again sailing off Bray. In doing so, this collection of spirited individuals have brought alive a boat and a tradition of sailing that connects Bray's maritime heritage with the current generation. I'm John Murphy. Join me next time on Sea Stories.
0: Sea Stories. Lives touched by the sea was presented by John Murphy and produced by Pat Hannan. It was a 21st Century Vox production for East Coast FM and was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Find out more information about Sea Stories. Go to facebook.com forward slash Sea Stories Ireland or follow Sea Stories on Twitter at Sea This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with funding from the television licence fee.